The Bible is called the book nobody knows. Learn how to unlock the seven fundamental mysteries of the world's most important book. Next on the Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. Several decades ago, there was a uh, powerful advertising executive by the name of Bruce Barton, and he uh, wrote a book, and it was a book about the Bible. And the title of it was, The Book That Nobody Knows. Now, really, at that time, people did not know the Bible. And it's even worse today. They don't know the Bible. So, if you look at the world, generally speaking, the Bible is a mystery, except to just a tiny little flock, God says. It is a mystery to this world. It's not understood by religion. It's not explained by science, and it's not taught by education. It is a mystery. People assume that they know what's in the Bible, but they really don't. They just assume it. So we want to show you how to remove the mystery in your Bible, and let me tell you that is a gigantic spiritual achievement if you can do that. And it'll be the greatest blessing you ever had in your life, or ever will have, uh, prior to entering into the very kingdom of God. That is something that is critical for all of us to understand. God is just not real to most people. Now, here is what the uh, subheading to this book, Mystery of the Ages, that Mr. Armstrong wrote. He made this statement. Did you ever ask yourself, who am I, what am I, why am I? You are a mystery. You are a mystery. Well, that's the way it is with most people. The world about you is a mystery. But he says, now you can understand. And he means that. And this is all the living God's doing. I'm telling you, it is. But we spent several millions of dollars fighting in a six-year court battle to win Mystery of the Ages and 18 other works by Herbert W. Armstrong. So we paid quite a lot of money, but now we're offering it to you free. All of our literature is free. But why do we do that? Well, because in this book, I mean to tell you, all of the mystery in that Bible will be removed And this is something that God wants this world to have an opportunity to deal with now and understand this. God gave this book to us. He says, you freely received, now freely give. Matthew 10 and verse 8, that's what Christ said. So we do. Let me just quickly read the seven mysteries of this Mystery of the Ages book, which is really a synopsis of the Bible, or as Mr. Armstrong would say, the gist of the Bible, or a a thread throughout the Bible. And today we are facing, as our number one problem, that of human survival. Now the Bible teaches us how to deal with that and any other problem that we have. So here's the first mystery. Who and what is God? Who and what is God? People don't understand. They think they do, but they don't. Who and what is God? Number two, mystery. 
mystery of angels and evil spirits. Are those angels and spirits really there? Do you believe that? They're there by the millions, and you can prove it from your own Bible. But it's a mystery to most people. I mean, most, almost all people. The third mystery, chapter 3, the mystery of man. What is the purpose of man? Why is he here on this earth? Why? What is our purpose? You could say, well, we want to have a lot of pleasure. And, uh, and then you die. <laughs> and you, did you know a, an animal can do that? They can have pleasure and then die. But we're far more than animals. We are not animals. We are men made in the likeness and in the image of God. Animals come after the animal kind, but not man. You can read that in Genesis 1, the very first chapter of the Bible. Now, number four mystery is that mystery of civilization. What about all these civilizations? How did they begin? Why do they have so many problems? Why does it have to be that way? Well, it shouldn't be that way, but it is, and they can't solve their problems. Number five, mystery of Israel. The Bible is a book about Israel. It's a book about Israel. How many people know anything about that and who Israel is? and where they are. But we have to know or we're not going to understand Bible prophecy, which is one-third of your Bible. Number six, the mystery of the church. What a powerful one this is. What is the purpose of the church? Ask people. Ask anybody these questions, and you won't get many sensible answers at all. You certainly won't get many biblical answers. You will not. And number seven, mystery of the kingdom of God, where we're going to be in the future. And that future really ought to stagger the imagination of every human being. Mr. Armstrong presented this book when he finished it, September 9, 1985. And he presented it to the sophomore class. And he was just almost overcome with emotion. It was very moving to him. And I think once you understand it, you'll see why. But he made here one of the most profound statements I've ever seen him make. And, and I hope that you'll pay close attention to it, to every word, because it is really critical to your understanding uh, the Bible and removing all that mystery.
In a co-worker letter written just three days after Mr. Armstrong's address, he said, Since last December, I have been working diligently on the largest and most important book of my life. In real fact, I feel I myself did not write it. Rather, I believe God used me in writing it. I candidly feel it may be the most important book since the Bible. Again, the, uh, he said, was the best work of his life. Now, it would make the Bible plain and clear and understandable. We need to understand the Bible. It, a- it answers all these questions. And it, Mr. Armstrong explained what that Bible is in those comments. So, Mystery of the Ages will give you really uh, uh, just a great understanding of your Bible by understanding those seven mysteries and having them removed. And then, if you, have, if you follow that, uh, the gist of all of those, then the, the rest of the Bible can easily be understood. If you just get this synopsis of the Bible, which is what Mystery of the Ages is. The first mystery, who and what is God, just let me make a couple of comments about that. Who and what is God? That's, a, again, a question that is not answered by religion or science or education. They don't give you the answer. And here we have all these problems, but do, do you understand and do we understand that man is the cause of all those problems? Man is the cause of all those problems. So if we're ever going to remove the mystery and, and learn to live the way God created us to live, we're going to have to understand human nature. And we have a booklet, What is Human Nature?, that we'll send you for free so you can understand this. Several years ago, when Mr. Armstrong was alive, he visited Indira Gandhi in New Delhi, India, and he got in a taxi cab and was going to meet the Prime Minister. And uh, the, he noticed there were cows all over the place, and, and uh, he asked the uh, cab driver, said, well, don't those cows get a long way from home when they're uh, roaming around like that? And he said, oh, yes, they do. Mr. Armstrong said, well, how does uh, the owner, how does he go and find them? And, and the taxi driver smiled and said, well, they don't that the cattle go back to their owner. They know who their owner is. They know where to go, and they go back home. Now, Mr. Armstrong immediately was reminded of Isaiah 1, verses 2 through 4. And notice what it says there. This is amazing understanding that we need in our minds. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. This is heavy information in his prophecy for the end time. And he, he says, now, the, the heavens ought to hear this. The whole, whole earth ought to hear this. Notice what he says. For the Eternal has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner. Well, what do you know? The ox knows his owner. But Israel does not know, my people does not consider. They don't know their owner. They don't know God. 
That's what he's saying. He, they don't know God. And in verse 4, Ah, sinful nation, talking to Israel, a people laden with iniquity or lawlessness, sinfulness, it should read. But look, if you go back and you look at ancient Israel, they are the only nation to ever know God and be led by God. But here he says, well, now they have forsaken Him. They don't know who their owner is. They don't know who their leader is. They don't know how to go back home like the oxen does. And God uses that example to just really show how scorned the people are for what they're doing. God is not happy at all. But it's literally saying that the ox is spiritually, you would say, the ox has more sense than Israel has spiritually. By instinct, they have more sense. So God calls for all the earth to hear this. But people have closed their minds. Matthew 13 and verse 15, and Romans 1 and verse 28, and Acts 1 and verse 15 says Christ only converted 120 people when He was on this earth. 120! That's a Son of God. And that's all the people that were converted. But you know, He said He spoke to them in parables, not so they could understand, but because He didn't want them to understand. He wasn't working with them at that time. He's always worked with only a tiny few firstfruits, they are called. And they're going to really reap some marvelous rewards. Well, we can look at the second mystery the, about the angels and the evil spirits. And Lucifer was one of the great super archangel. Well, he was actually uh, one of the covering cherubs. You can read that in Ezekiel 28 and verse uh, 12. And he, he was there and actually covered one of the archangels that covered the throne of God, right there with God. And then he was sent to this earth as a light bringer. And he rebelled against God and turned one-third of the angels who were with him against God. And now they've all been cast down to this earth, and now they're confined to this earth, and that's why the problems are so intense right now, and they're going to get more that way if we don't wake up and realize that we have to have help from God. We must have help from God, or else we're going to see those problems get worse and worse. Verse 14 says, you are the anointed cherub that covers. That's in Ezekiel 28. So that's uh, something we really do need to be aware of. Number three mystery, let me just make a few comments about that. What is man? Again, see, if you go back to Genesis 1 and verse 24, 25, and 26, it says animals came from the animal kind. And human beings are made in the likeness of God. We have God's features. We're a God being in that sense. And then it says also we have to have the image of God, and that means we have to have the character of God. We're here to build the character of God. That's where man is certainly mystified to this point. 
They don't understand that, but they're going to understand it. Even if they die and didn't know anything about it, God's going to resurrect them, and He's going to give every human being that's ever lived a chance to get to know God. And almost all of them never, ever knew God. That's what your Bible says. But think about this. We are here on this earth to develop the very character of God and enter into the very family or kingdom of God. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. But we can't just do it selfishly and get, uh, we have to, God has a work that He wants us to do, and especially at this time. Mr. Armstrong said, the Bible is like a book that has been sort of cut up into about 2,000 or 3,000 pieces. And he says, now you take the mystery of the ages, and, and they will, uh, it will sort that all out for you. I'll just uh, quickly read you Isaiah 28 and verses 9 and 10, and you'll see that it's a coded book. It has to be, the pieces have to be put together. Notice that in Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom shall God teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. You see, you just can't believe what you grew up to believe because it's probably wrong. And you can't follow men. It's cursed be the men that follow men. You can't follow any man. You have to follow God. Verse 10, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. You see, there's the, the, the pieces just cut up. It's like a puzzle that you just simply have to put together. You have to put it together. And that's what Mystery of the Ages does. I want to comment on one more mystery, and then, then you can get the book if you don't have it, and study the others. Read about them and with an open mind, hopefully. But what about the sixth mystery? Why the church? Now, we're here so that we might qualify to rule under Christ. We're not here just to get saved. That's not it at all. The first fruits have to qualify to rule with Jesus Christ. Rule the whole world if they'll come out and help Him do His work today. That's what it's all about. Revelation 3 and verse 21 says, To him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in His throne. Christ had to overcome Satan and have that Matthew 4 battle with Satan and overcome him in every way while he was here on this earth. And now notice what it says about the first fruits. Revelation 2 and verses 26 and 27. He that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. God says that there are some here that are called out of this world to overcome Satan just like Christ did, to qualify to rule with Christ, just as Christ qualified to rule on David's throne. We have to do the same thing if we're going to rule with Him. We're not here just to get salvation. The first fruits right today have to overcome Satan. 
to be able to qualify for that job uh, as being a king priest, king and a priest. Revelation 1 and verse 6. But I tell you, we can't emphasize this too much of why God called the church. It's not only for salvation. It is God wants to train us to be kings and priests and rule with Jesus Christ over the world for a thousand years, and then on beyond that in major responsibilities. We are God beings, and God wants to, us to become genuinely converted and overcome the devil. And that qualifies us to sit on that throne with Jesus Christ and help Him convert the whole world. You could even, Mr. Armstrong says, it's, in a sense, it's like we're co-saviors. Co-saviors. And, but he, he, Mr. Armstrong said, I fear that many of our own people don't understand that. And after he died, 95% of his own people fell away, forsook God, turned away from Him. That is a fact, and you can prove that too. You can see that uh, in, in all of our literature, Raising the Ruins, uh, the book that my son wrote, explains all of that very, very carefully if you want to get that free book, and it's a big, huge book. But uh, look, if, uh, if we're going to be kings and priests, we're going to have to be able to sit there and teach and uh, help people to see uh, what God wants mankind to do. Jesus Christ had to come to this earth as the second Adam and overcome Satan, which the first Adam did not. He didn't overcome Satan. Christ came to overcome Satan and qualify to rule the whole world. And then He says, okay, but you're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to overcome Satan too. If you look carefully at this, in the millennium, Satan's going to be put away. Those people don't have to overcome Satan. So God gives us this great reward to sit there on David's throne with him and rule the whole world and bring them happiness, joy, peace, and the most wonderful blessings you could imagine. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. Request Mystery of the Ages to unlock the stunning fundamental truths of your Bible. Also request Human Nature, What Is It?, and The Incredible Human Potential. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Order now. The preceding program was a paid presentation of The Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.